How many times have you said to yourself, I'm going to succeed, and yet you keep coming up short? You probably noticed that high achievers with heart do things differently, but you just can't put your finger on it. You're curious about why high achievers accomplish more and have more satisfying relationships. It's because success is the result of your mindset and the consistent actions you take. This show is designed with your success in mind. By revealing these powerful patterns of our dynamic individuals and guest experts, you can model what they do and apply to your future success now. Let's roll up our sleeves and get started. My name is Brigitte Höfele, and this is the Success Patterns Show. And welcome, happy Tuesday, everyone, to the Success Pattern Show. Here is the golden nugget, and you want to have something to write with and something to write on. We're going to give you more than just one golden nugget, but here it is. Success patterns are more valuable than ideas. Let me explain. Ideas while very powerful, require trial and error and a lot of time to put into action. Just think about manufacturing. First, you have this idea, then you maybe do a proof of concept, then a working prototype, then small production badges, and finally, a full-scale production. This can take months, maybe even years. And you may have met some people that are collectors of great ideas, but they do little else. Forget everything that you heard or think you know about ideas. You're not looking for ideas. You're looking for success patterns. Because success patterns, they're different. They're better. Why? Well, first of all, they're proven, have a logical sequence of steps to follow, have an action imperative, and deliver consistent results. And our guest expert that I have today knows something about being consistent and, and and putting the ideas into action. In today's content-rich program of the Success Pattern Show, you're going to learn these valuable success patterns from a very special, innovative Atlanta influencer. Uh, his name is Ben Joyner, and he is the creator and co-founder of Atlanta Influences Everything, LLC, a creative consultancy and clothing company that is focused on using civic, corporate, commerce, and cultural ideologies to solve community issues. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait for you to hear what Ben has to say. Ben, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Success Pattern Show. Thanks for being here. Atlanta influences everything. Here it is, right here. Yeah, it's crazy. It, we were, when you we were talking earlier, if you could get through the whole show with it on, I'll, I'll, I'll have to give you something. <laughs> I didn't even make it through our pre-show. It it's a nice jacket. And, and let me just tell you, this jacket is one of what? Four, 404 jackets. Mm -hmm. That's all you made. Yes. And in, in, in collaboration with the Metro Atlanta Chamber, it was a, it was a, a, a great opportunity to uh, extend our message to a wider audience. So, yeah. So the, the Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, it sounds like you guys really have it made doing business and, and doing collapse with the Chamber of Commerce. You started, you and your co-founder started Atlanta Influences Everything in 2015. Is that right? That is correct. So almost sounds like this 
overnight success. Was it that? Uh, the statement, <laughs> the statement in itself, like when it was said that, that, that happened quickly, but the, um, the process and the why of the statement and the myriad of things that were going on in my head when I said the statement, cause I didn't know I said it. It was one of my other business partners, Ian, who, heard me say the statement out of a rant I was doing about Atlanta and a, and a brand that we had pitched uh, that we felt that, and we didn't get the, the, the project that we were pitching as a marketing agency. And I felt that they didn't understand. Uh, they didn't understand what Atlanta brought to the table in comparison to other markets. And so I was, was ranting about them not understanding that. And I said, you know, they don't understand that, you know, we don't have certain things like LA and New York, but I, you know, we influence everything though. And so it was the Brooklyn business partner um, who, who, who heard the statement and said, you know, we should put it on a shirt. And that's what we did. Yeah, that was, it went from there, but the, it was a lot of like uh, it, emotional it went, stuff that led up to that. It went from a shirt actually a political statement oh yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah yeah it was, yeah yeah right you you mentioned la and and in new york and you know those kind of bookending the united states and atlanta being in the middle atlanta's different how is atlanta different uh starting with at times i like to say you know for better or worse the things that go on in atlanta are the 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 core kind of foundation of america uh so these other cities um, especially if we stick with the new york and la bookends they're like melting pots and um you know, America was Native American land first. And so Atlanta in this region, we, we sit on um, not all, but a lot of Cherokee land. Mm -hmm. So this is Cherokee land. Then you have, uh, I think James Oglethorpe was one of the, the founder of Georgia. So originally one of the 13 colonies which meant that, you know, that that first group of, of settlers that came over here from England. So the ones we would identify as as the, the white Americans or what, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And and this, you know, this became uh, a, a home of plantation and plantations and cotton fields, agriculture because of the uh the type of land is good, good crop land here. And so slaves were brought to this land. And so, you know, before, you know, Alamo being taken and uh, the, the, the Chinese being duped into coming over, working on the railroads and different entities, you know, coming to kind of make their, their way, America has a, a 
a history with that with i guess what is considered the african-american now and that that history is rooted in this region and so before you can deal with uh immigrants crossing the border uh before you can deal with ukraine and you know different things that's going on this region atlanta with atlanta as the the epicenter it has to deal with uh i'm, I'm from the south so we say white white it has to deal with white and and white people and and the african-american that that never asked to come over here that's not even a real race you know mm-hmm. and so this region is is predicated upon that relationship uh good bad and ugly mm-hmm. uh as we just witnessed in our neighbor <laughs> our neighbor um in in montgomery alabama uh mm-hmm. the other day you know so that 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 that's america when, when donald glover said this is america mm-hmm. uh, everyone has their own american story but i guarantee you everyone else's american story could never reach what they wanted to reach until the American story of America and the African-American is worked out, whatever that is and whenever that is. And so that's that's this region. That's that's what makes Atlanta uh, as as the capital of that region in some form uh, a very important place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, therefore it influences. Now, your name, BAME, is Swahili and it stands for what? Uh, peace. peace, peace, and my middle is name that- is uh, Ali, which means warrior. So it's kind of like a dichotomy there. Yeah. Now, I'm curious. Is that part of your why? Is that, or is that, is that what what your your why your purpose is rooted in? Peace. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and you know, a few years ago, I've somehow like feel realized that I was in a good place to actually live out my name uh fully so you know my my uh first name and middle name are, are African names so peaceful warrior Bame Ali and then last name joiner um obviously slave uh slave last name um don't know much about them, but I do, I've learned that the joiners, J-O-I-N-E-R, uh, maybe cabinetry, joinery, so cabinetry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But earlier we were talking about you, I built my brand as a connector uh, in some for- sort. So like joining, connecting. And so, you know, it's weird, but, you know, peaceful warrior who joins. joins um, so I, yeah, it been able to like live my my whole name. So yeah. That is that is so powerful. And when did you when did you notice that or when did you become aware of that? Like were you already you know re- grown grown or was that in your adolescent years? When did that start to when did that awareness start to rise? Uh, it's probably about 10 years ago. So if we say, you know, take 10 years to become an overnight success, um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was just this, uh, I wanted to be an A&R, um, in the music industry and I wanted to sign 
find and sign talent. Like I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to uh, work for this uh, one of the best record label execs ever, I think, in, in uh, L.A. Reed. And I just wanted to like work for him. So I wanted to work at a record label. And there was this a and I knew named Imran Majid, um, who had signed Amy Winehouse and uh, Chameleon Air to Universal Republic. He's now at Island Records. But he told me the music industry was changing. This was around 2012 at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were actually sitting at a, at a bar with Mac Miller, like a couple seats down. He was like, man, you know, why are y'all having such a serious conversation? But we, we were, I was trying to figure out how, because there's no clear way to get a job at a record label. It's a job like any other job, except it's not. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, the industry's changing. Things are going to streaming. Music industry, music industry is going to be shot to hell. Like you're much more than an A&R. You're like a cultural A&R. Like if you listen to yourself, you you talk about music, but you also talk about fashion and just all aspects of lifestyle and culture. So you should be this like cultural A&R and like connect things. Um, and then, you know, he said, don't ask him how to do it. He just made it up. That's mm-hmm. what he saw in me. And that was March 2012. I was already working on a project to go to to take 15 creators from Atlanta to Stockholm uh, for this cultural exchange in November of 2012. And uh, when I when I returned home from Stockholm uh, in December, that his words combined with that experience mm-hmm. made me want to explore the what I uh, this name I called that I made up for myself which was the creative culture curator it's probably too long I'm learning it's supposed to probably just be two words I like force things together and and the the last thing I'll say to that when I was in Stockholm uh one of the the girls that I was working on this project with she was American but living out there and I was telling herself that I was trying to brand myself as this culture curator and she was like well i i don't know yo i i don't know if that if you can do that because you know i have a degree in curation she she actually went to school for it um and so i went to the definition of it i'm like well i'm not trying to infringe on your degree i i respect that but there's another definition of connecting things and pulling things together and 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 that's what I would like to professionalize in some form. And it just kind of went from there. It took a long time to get here. What at 10 years, almost, almost about 10 years. So, yeah. Yeah. And you were, you, you spoke it out. You became aware of it. You spoke it out and you took action on it and you did not lose sight of it. And that all in itself is a success pattern, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are enough other people that have a great idea like you um, maybe a link, a too lengthy uh, um, name for themselves, or or definition for themselves, and eventually, you know, they go through it. Maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe even three years, and then they then they're like, you know what, this doesn't work, and they give up, and they lose their dream. You had a very specific goal and dream. And you created it. I actually had a conversation with my daughter around um, 
questioning the status quo and people that are questioning it can actually create something greater. And you did. And you, 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 you're, cur you're continuously curating that. I mean, I, I follow you on social media. I love the work that you do. I love the, the man that you are just really grounded in, in yourself. Were you always that way? I mean, was that the, the little babe that, that grew up always being super grounded in who he is and what he does? Uh, I guess the more I talk to people, there might have been a natural grounding. Like, you just don't mm -hmm. know. You're, you know, you just, you're mm -hmm. just doing you, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, so that just was what it was. But my my belief in myself, because uh, I'm 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 44, so I identify as the tail end of Gen X. So they're like, you know, like the young people like today, you can have like a mental health day. Um, you know, our generation one, this region in the southeastern United States, two, being black, three, like you're not gonna take no mental health days. Meaning, I mean, you can't. Uh, meaning you're also not going to get like a success patterns show to tell you everything's going to be okay. If you like just double down on this logic, you're not getting that in 1996, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. You're not getting gig economy opportunities that could help you chase your dream and fill a gap of phone bill and light bill money, you're not getting that opportunity to fill a gap in the dream chasing in 2007, 2008. So like, and if you don't, it, if you don't believe it um, naturally, where you can explain what you believe to people, then it's going to, it becomes a problem. And so I didn't believe in myself naturally. What I did was I was like, this is just what it's going to be like. And that doesn't mean that you can confuse that in terms of like you believing in yourself. That's not the same. That's just like balls to the wall. Like, yo, this is what it's going to be. I, I don't know how it's going to be. But I'm going to just read books and listen to things like if I can get my hands on a, on a, in, you know, on some sort of material like success patterns, what like, and I'm going to just do it. And so that those horse blinders, I think I probably heard a lot of, I don't know if I heard a lot of people. I don't know what a lot is relative, but I know I hurt some people. Uh, I know I hurt family members. Um, friends and, and loved ones because I, I thou shall not be moved and and that, and when you when you when you focus like that um and i felt like and once i felt like i was doing what what the lord had me here to do and then certain things in universe was showing me was like yo and, and i'll say when i try to not be who I was mm. um life got bad 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and, and I had asked to be something else mm-hmm. and, and life got bad. And so that scared me straight in the sense of, well, maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. You know what? Let me let me ask for a better pathway to be what I'm trying to be. Let me ask to be shown or enhance certain things rather than ask for something to be taken away and be something that I'm not. Like I was like, well, let me just work a nine to five. This stuff don't seem to be working. And life just got bad. But when I asked <laughs> to better, when I asked to better leverage what I had been given <laughs> for the greater good, then the universe started conspiring and, and, and you know things started uh started happening and my my to to i guess to end it my in, in 2012 i came out of college in in 02 so between 2002 and 2012 just trying to do music industry stuff like we did drake's first show in atlanta kendrick lamar's first show in atlanta the goody mob reunion did stuff with brands like vitamin water heinz ketchup so i'm just like i'm built but nothing is consistently sticking and then mm-hmm. in 2012 when i made i guess it's a pivot but it's a slight pivot so i still kind of cultural a and r you know but just more focus on connecting the public sector and the private sector and the foundation world to this culture that seems to be setting trends that seems to be rooted coming out of Atlanta, that the process in, in doing that, it, it has, it has caused uh, in my personal life credit, you know, all of that just had to go out the window, you know? So this has come, um, this has come at a cost. And, and I'm just now because of opportunities like this show, being able to like tell my message and maybe folks hear it or whatever, but it's also a message to me that, Hey, you doubled down, you believed, and your why was based on helping the younger version of myself. Very selfish. It's like, okay, how many kids in the public school system in Atlanta, but throughout America, when they get shown career opportunities, they if if they're not going to live a destitute life it's like well you got to be an entrepreneur that's the only way you cannot fall prey to the what the sunday scaries as they would call them mm-hmm. like and so you see your parents uh most like they don't like they complain about going to work it's like well why do i want to be an adult and go to work i would like mm-hmm. to do something i love and you normally see the kid drawing jordans in a public school classroom and with like 30 students there'll be a kid gpa is in 2.3 2.4 2.5 they're not really disturbing the class but they're drawing sneakers and it's like how does that kid get a career in that field and i i wasn't drawing sneakers but i was listening to music dissecting music and none of my great none of the great adults in my life and i want to be clear great adults could help me as a young black kid in atlanta learn about careers in the creative industry Mm -hmm. um and as i grew older and i learned about them i'm like well 
that's going to continue to happen if, if someone doesn't step in. And so once I learned that Atlanta, I worked at this nonprofit, uh, taught me that the ins and outs of how Atlanta works, Civics 101, um, taught me that Atlanta was number one in income inequality with a 4% upward mobility rate. And so all I did in my mind was like, well, there's an untapped creative industries workforce that, that you know, the movies are coming here, so much entertainment, but from a hyper-local public school level, we aren't being taught that there's a career as a creative director or, mm -hmm. or a graphic designer in terms of career. And mm -hmm. so, hey, let me kind of connect all of the people that it would take to make this thing happen. Let me figure out a way to connect them. And, and uh, by the grace of God, eventually, who knew it would be all of the people needed to, when you say it takes a village to like raise a child, who knew that it, the way to bring everyone in the village together to hear this message was by all of them buying the shirt. <laughs> this shirt that says Atlanta influences everything and wearing it. And it's like, oh, yo, you're a superintendent. Like you're a council person. You're a sheriff. You're a judge. You're a record label exec. You're an athlete. And y'all all got on my shirt. Hey, there's some great things that we could do community wise if we work together. And it kind of just went from there. And that's that's what it is. It's community. And, you know, I, I watched one of your I, I watched several of your um, reels and, and, and videos that you put out on social media. And in one, you say that you're you're not your typical creative. And I would agree to that. And very unique and special people. You cannot put in a box of, you know, that person is a mural painter or that person is uh, a graffiti painter or that person does sculptures or that person does whatever the creative side that may be. You're a very unique creator and connector. And, and I honor you for that. When you were speaking, it is almost like you have created what you basically needed for yourself at some point. And that is a, isn't that a great testimony to showing that we somewhat have healed our inner child and are allowing others in the future to not even have need to heal from something because you're providing it. Yeah, you are yeah. providing it. Yeah, never knowing that that was obviously that that was going to be the case, and and just from a business accounts payable perspective, I'm I'm learning. Only recently has has my language and accounts payable lined up, like yeah, <laughs> it 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 was hell before that, but now what's coming along with you know, myself and someone's accounts payable division being on the same page is they're pleased with this type of connecting and they, that they want to, which was always my, my longer term dream to normalize what I do 
Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my parents were social workers. Um, my dad was private sector. My my mom was public sector. And there had to be a time in the English, English language just in America where there wasn't a social worker. Like, there ain't nobody even know, like, what that was. That is, yeah. Yeah, so at some point, same with podcasting or... or Coaches. The, the, yes, the language and and why you matter to society. Uh, you know, whether you're a, um, an essential worker, you know, somehow that person was able to to identify, hey, this is why I'm essential. And then eventually everybody started, hey, nah, I'm essential too because, you know, I've, <laughs> I've you know, I think like D-Nice, when he did the DJing during COVID, it it, it kind of showed like the DJ or these, these entertainers t- could distract you from what was going on in the outside world. They were essential or whatever. So once you can- Absolutely, I fully agree, yeah. Yeah, and once you can show normalize a unique skill set. Um, I think that's the overall win. And when I say normalize those that also have, cause obviously I ain't the only one, you know, those that have this particular skill set can s- start to find their pathway into it more. I guess find their pattern, the, the success pattern, what is the success pattern of being a creative culture curator? Do you have to go to college for it? You know, do you, do you get a de- degree? Like how I got here is a manifestation of a bunch of different yeah, life experiences. But at the same time, I am aware of, of certain soft skills and just the willingness to uh, pursue information and if you're always thinking about what's next, and I, I guess I'll, I'll end that with uh, how I operate, you 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 learn from the past, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it, each bit of my life, uh, good, bad, and ugly, I, I learn from it. And then mm-hmm. uh, you give thanks for today. Yeah. Um, and so I'm I am so thankful for today. I'm so thankful for right now for being on this show. Uh, I'm so thankful for you and your husband. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful. I just found out that y'all are neighbors to like one of my, one of my best friends. I literally just found that out because he saw me post about the show. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful for, for, for today, but every waking moment, I think about the future. And so like faith popcorn or other people who have figured out how to get paid, by being a futurist, I'm always thinking about what's next. How can something be better? How can we have more fun? How can we smile more? You know, and 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 I'm I'm always thinking about tomorrow. You know, so those three things I learned from the past. I give thanks for now, but I I am thinking about tomorrow all the time. Clearly, clearly in everything that you do. Now you have kids, right? Yes, a uh, four-year-old. Crew who started kindergarten today, and my daughter Rain. Yo, yeah, he he's um, very excited. New school, uh, Amada Academy Academy West. Um, He has a birthday coming up on the fifteenth. He'll be five, (laughs) and then I have a seventeen-year-old daughter who lives in Houston, Texas. 
going into her senior year. So All just right. that dichotomy of a kindergarten and a senior is like, whoa, <laughs> this is, what am I doing in life? <laughs> you're you're doing what you're called to do clearly, and you're very in tune. You're you're not just grounded of of what I think I see in you. You're you're also very in tune with your why, with your purpose, and I don't see a whole lot of people that truly live that they say it but they don't live it i see you living it and it's very congruent and it shows up in your entire being and it's really refreshing and i'm honored that you're here on the show i'm gonna give you a few words we're gonna do like a little rapid fire round before we end our show today so okay. i'm going to say a word and the first thing that pops in your head you're going to say just a word or a phrase ready Mm -hmm. Mindset. Global. Travel. <laughs> I just said global. Uh, needed. Future. Uh, black. Food. Cheese. <laughs> wealth. You said wealth? Wealth. Oh, wealth? Um, uh, community, passion, purpose, acceptance, uh, levels. Mm. Thank you for being on the show. I want to have you back. There were so many things that we didn't even scrape the iceberg on. And there's so much more. And I'm pretty sure next time I have you on the show, there's going to be so much more that uh, Atlanta influences. And just to, to just to end for everyone to know, you, you kind of made it when you have bootlegs on Amazon for Atlanta <laughs> influences everything. Yeah, we sent out cease and desist, though. My partner <laughs> Ian is, he quick with the cease and desist finger. But you. we are also we also understand the game. We've been hit with cease and desist before, uh, just in our growth as a company. And there's mm -hmm. a certain level, like we have our first cease and desist. I think we I think we have it framed. Like like <laughs> when you get one from Nike, you know, I got a homeboy that got one from Brand Jordan. It's like, yo, they told me to see they're gonna, they're gonna get the lawyers, you know. You stop right there, you know, you push no further, but you frame it's like yo, you got on somebody's radar enough. That's you know, right. That's so yeah. That's right. That's absolutely right. Now, can people get in touch with you, Bim? Because I want to encourage them to get in touch with you. Um, you are the connector. Um, can they get in touch with you? Uh yeah. My, my role in the company is new business, so my partners would be pissed if nobody could get in contact with me. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, uh BAME at AIE dot life, B-E-M at AIE dot l-i-f-e and on. i'm on all um all social media platforms i'm very easy to find i'm not hiding from anyone as no, of right he, now yeah you, you you'll recognize bames um uh, icon on social media it's his it's a mural that's actually here in edgewood uh in uh atlanta is it like an atlanta united halo almost it's it looks uh, like yeah, I think my one of my partners might have a halo on his head, maybe. Uh, so yeah. three of us, I'm like holding the, the Atlanta influences everything flag. And and with that said, 
on August 26th, if I'm not mistaken, Atlanta United is playing uh, our rival in Nashville. And we have the third kit coming out for Atlanta United. It'll be debuted that game. Uh, it's a throwback to 90s era Atlanta. Uh, kind of got this airbrush look. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. That's probably one of the biggest things we've done, and it's it's coming up in a few weeks. So, yeah. Cool. I can't wait till it drops. Thank you, babe, for being here. Um, thank you guys for joining in on this Tuesday Success Pattern Show. Tune in again next week, same time, same place. Until then, um, I say peace. Peace. Thank you for having Thank you for tuning in, and you will. Notice opportunities to apply success patterns daily while eagerly anticipating next week's content-rich success patterns.